Hey, what's up, y'all? And this is a light of moment. I'm Asenia. And I'm Deshaun. And it's a motivational podcast. Is it? It is. Oh, awesomeness. I love motivational podcasts. Stay tuned. Y'all check it out. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is the Light Bulb Moment Podcast, and I am Deshaun. And I'm Asenia. And uh, today we're going to talk about fear. We're talking about fear. We're bringing fear to your face. Fear. I'm excited. I am too. Especially after watching all that video and stuff, that content about it, it, it puts so much. I'm scared. I'm scared that. <laughs> I, am, I'm scared. I am. I have fear that I'm not gonna know what I'm talking about in this podcast. <laughs> That's my fear. Do, well, you know what you're supposed to do. What you gotta embrace that fear I, gradually. Yeah, and just kind of, and that's what we do. That's what literally we do. gradually embracing right, that fear right. about your conversation. Exactly about fear. Because we just got a lot of insight about fear I within know. a 34 minute span, son. It's like, where do we begin? Yeah, I really don't know. So, where do we begin? Um, I guess we should begin with, with explaining exactly what fear is and how it affects your life. Right. I think um, fear is a instant response to a threat, if mm-hmm. I'm correct, if that's what they said. Right. And it's your, your body... Processing that information like within seconds, quickly, exactly, and then sending you into uh, what is called fight or flight mode, right? Which means either you're gonna stand and deal with the situation, or you're gonna get the hell out of dodge, right? Like when they say when the car was coming, your body is not gonna sit there. You're not gonna sit there and calculate the speed, right. exactly. the velocity, and everything. Your mind is gonna say, "Yo, son, it's a threat," right? Like boom, get the hell out, get out of here. Yeah. So um, that is also that is that is what fear is, right? But how does fear? affect your everyday activity, fear, everything else like anxiety, phobias. anger, depression, yep, phobias, all derivatives of fear. And I think right. that was very That was very important, yeah. Very important because I thought anxiety, because anxiety is not necessarily fear, but anxiety is like prolonged thoughts of right. things that freak you out. It's like when your mind just fear. starts to get creative and do what it want to do and it starts to... And create this, yeah, right, and you start to stress about it, right. and so fear can be short term or long term. Long term fear creates all these other uh, what do they call it? Because um, um, phobia is a um, starts with a D disorder. Disorder, yeah. So phobia is a disorder uh-huh. that's triggered from fear, right? And it was like, yo, never thought about like OCD is a disorder that is triggered from fear, if, exactly. So. In this podcast, we want to discuss fear, but we also want to give y'all by the end some insight on how to dress, which is very simple from what I found out. But what yeah. I thought we learned, even though the other videos never really showed us, but this one individual gave it was a uh, therapist in Atlanta, not Atlanta, I'm sorry, in New York, who yeah. um, deals with fear and anxiety, mm-hmm. and his approach was it makes sense. It make a hundred. It made a hundred percent sense. Yeah. But the biggest thing is um, being able to identify your fear mm-hmm. and knowing what fear is and realizing that it's around us on a regular basis. It is, all the time. And it's actually a healthy part of our lives. Fear is necessary. Yeah, fear is necessary. Mm-hmm. Big I, time. I think it kind of can help guide your life. True. Because, you know, some people are scared that they're going to be in a certain place mm-hmm. all their life. or mm-hmm. They're scared they're not going to reach certain goals and you know I think fear can kick in and kind of give you a little bit of structure as well are you do you have any like fears 
Hell yeah, I'm from yeah, Heights. Heights. Okay, you're heights. scared of Heights. I can't think of nothing I'm scared of. I'm, I know I'm scary, though. That's the thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm not like Tarzan. You know what I mean? <laughs> but. <laughs> okay. I don't like roaches. I, see, so you. They make me feel bad. No, that's, that sounds like it's just dislike. Yeah. Like, you don't freak the fuck out when a, when a roach comes across. When they start flying, that shit do get intense. Okay, that's, that's everybody. That's though. different. The roaches ain't supposed to be flying, first and foremost. You talk about roaches or water bugs? Water bugs. Why do we identify roaches as water bugs? I don't think they're the same thing. They're not. They, maybe they're just, maybe they in the same family. I don't know. Whatever them things is, when they start yeah, flying, water, they get yeah, serious. Water bugs scare everybody. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Who don't freak out behind it? I'm used to them because the bitches was everywhere in New Orleans. No, shit. Then they were extra big. But, yeah, the average person I meet, like, runs from them. Yeah. But <laughs> fear is healthy. From what they said, you're supposed to experience it. It's a part of your brain. Right. Your brain doesn't necessarily register fear like the emotion. It registers the events that occur in different situations that you're in that are translated into fear. Like, what did they say? Fear is kind of taught over time. Like, like and I've been saying this for the longest. For the longest. Mm-hmm. Like, how babies are able to learn. I want, I can never understand why babies learn how to use um, touchscreen devices and the new mobile devices the way they do. And then I started paying attention to older people who were like fear, like in, in fear of, of technology. Of technology. Yeah. And I realized because maybe you said in the beginning, the child doesn't necessarily come into the world with fear. Right. It's a taught process. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, a, a digula Adigula? It's, it's a, some part it's of the brain. Of the medical brain. Terminology, yeah. <laughs> it's a region of the brain mm-hmm. that registers the fear and processes it for you. And then it stores it in another part of the mm-hmm. brain which connects certain experiences or items or things with fear. So now when you think of this, it automatically triggers the fear. Um the fear aspect of your brain or whatever's going in right. and then that releases endorphins into your body to help you do it and it's crazy because now I think about it because then when you're afraid these endorphins actually shut down the other part of your brain right. and like your logical thinking and everything almost like a post-traumatic stress type thing yeah well that's what they were saying when they were talking about the soldiers how right yeah how it affected them yeah. and how it made that that area same of the brain part of their brain increase yeah. in yeah. size, and which makes sense because in, when you think about the other video we watched where they discussed um, how over time that sensor that that identifies fear gets larger through your experiences mm-hmm. and becomes more sharp when it comes to experiencing or identifying something that we consider the fear right. And over time, like, you just get better at it. Mm-hmm. And then that made sense why so many, and I'm not trying to take this to the racial space, but screw it. Why so many African-American people, as they get older, either live in fear, anger, frustration, aggression, depression, or hostile. Right. Because those are all symptoms of excessive amount of fear. Right, right. Like, right. when you just let shit linger and you focus on it or, like, you don't address it straight up. Like these other symptoms come about over time, right? I think, I think it has a lot to do with your upbringing. Most definitely, yeah. So Most you definitely. know, 
I mean, because we raised from a very young age to live in fear. Right. It, it may start with your mom or your daddy, and then it may progress based upon what their fears are and what they pass on to you. Yeah, you inherit their fears. You inherit their yeah. fear on top of whatever experiences you have on your own in your life. Too many fights, car accidents, something stings you, so on and so forth. Police. Police. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because we're trained on police at a very young age. So right. So you spend most of your life going into your adulthood fearing police. So environment plays a huge role. A huge role. To be very honest with you, and I've been feeling this for a long time. I know this is going to probably get mad political. But, okay, so all the random shootings that we experienced starting from Trayvon Martin, because you realize, Dave, we don't see as much news. They still happen, though. They happen, but they're not being broadcasted. Right. And I had this theory, and actually it was funny because somebody else made a joke. I think it was Dave Chappelle made a joke about it Mm. and presented this theory also. But I had this theory that the fear had been shifted in the country. And what happened was in nine, what, 2001, 9-11, mm-hmm. when that happened, the fear of African-American people shifted over to the fear of Middle Easterners. Mm-hmm. And then as time progressed, they went from Middle Easterners to Hispanic people with the immigration situation. So we're more focused on somebody blowing us up, bombing us, you know, Al-Qaeda and all these other things. And we were no longer afraid of the hoodie black guy walking down the street that may potentially be a threat in your neighborhood. We more focused about Arabic people, and then, and like I said, Hispanics became the focus, focal point of life. Go ahead. And with that being said, do you think now that we're in this political realm, do you think that the powers that be are using fear to control you? Yeah, on a daily basis. Yeah, mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Everything you watch, everything we see, most of the stuff that's put on around us, think about the news when you watch the news. Maybe about, there's probably one segment on the news that actually deals with something positive just to bring you down for a minute. And then everything, shooting on this side of town, explosion, car crash, accidents. Media manipulation. Media, right. right. Uh, Dow Jones is gone. Economic issues, economic downfalls, the housing market, Mm -hmm. all these, your economic situation, diseases. These things are being bombarded, and not just once a day, but you have so many bro- so many news stations that broadcast oh, yeah. multiple times. Like, most of these stations are dedicated to just that alone. Right, right. Then you implement social media. Like, now is a fear of fitting in. There's a fear of your status, because now, for me, social media is a societal, it's basically... A way to judge or a meter to judge how cool you are right. in society. With social media and me, my fear is missing out because I feel like everyone yes. else is everybody doing shit. The you time of their, their life, life. and right. my fear is so like, damn, I'm not doing nothing. So it because fear is all in your head. Mm-hmm. So it's like I have created this thing that I'm so lame and I'm not living my life. <laughs> Social media has created that for me. Yes, indeed. That's crazy. Yes, indeed. But to take it a step further, I mean, to go back to what I was trying to say as far as the fear, so shift into 2000 and what year was it Obama got elected? Eight. 2008. Mm-hmm. Now we got a black president. Black people's egos and lives and everything are at an all-time right. high in this right. country. You know, we feeling big as the sun. We like, yo, we got a brother in the office. I don't care what he is, he's still a brother at the end of the day in the mm-hmm. office. For me personally, I started watching the generation under me because I wasn't on Obama bandwagon in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't looking at it like, yeah, we got a brother and stuff. I'm like, y'all bandwagon riding. But four years later, I'm looking at how that affected the self-esteem of our people. Mm-hmm. So now we're starting to grow, progress, we're becoming more business owners, becoming business owners again, starting to run our own stuff. 
uh, the music industry is becoming big. Um, we're all over TV. Um, you're not the the college the enrollment of college had already been going up since the Cosby Show, so it's probably going up again. Um, we're just thriving as a people. We're starting to get married because I don't know if people understand that how how big of a business structure marriage is versus just the whole love and compassion thing. Mm-hmm. Marriage is more about business than anything from my perspective. Mm-hmm. So, but we're thriving as a culture and I feel like the powers that be realize like, yo, not only are we thriving, but we starting to influence other cultures. We've been doing that. We've been, yeah. but at the same, they didn't want to, they wanted to be like us, but they didn't want to be us. Mm-hmm. I feel like they want to start being us or be you know, they were really embracing African Americans now in African American culture. And then like I say, we were thriving as a people. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, you start seeing pop. So that's interesting. So you think they use that to con- to control us? My G. We probably saw one shooting every couple of months of a black person being shot. Right. We probably make up twenty something 16, like a small, we make a small percentage of the population, but regardless, it's hundreds of thousands to, if not close to millions of African Americans in this country. Yeah, it's like what's 50 the odd of million. every African, what's the odds of every African American getting shot by a cop? It's probably a very small percentage. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it on that scale, why are you fearing being shot by a cop when it's way too many of us? Like the odds of it happening to you are probably slim. Mm. Not to say that they can't happen, but those are isolated situations that, and they're broadcasting on the news. And then at that point, either we got enraged or we start living in fear. Mm. Because there's a generation of under us who are no longer growing up with that fear. They were no longer growing up with that state of mind. When you live in fear, dude, and you're angry and you're frustrated and distraction, you constantly, constantly in fight or flight mode. Right. Your brain is not functioning on the level. Think but, about that. Okay, so now now think about this. Because we said fear is healthy, too. So yes. is that generation coming up under us, is that a good thing they're not fearing as much, or is that a bad thing? Because fear is also your alert system. I think... So are they so in... Short-term fear? Yeah. Yeah. They were installing long-term fear. Right. It was like the new... Those shootings, to me, right. were like the new public lynchings. Right. You know lynchings weren't really punishment. More than it was, and I just had this conversation with my mom earlier, Mm -hmm. more than a method of controlling the masses. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Because they didn't lynch the dumb Negroes. You got to make an example. You have to make an example. Right. And they were making examples because after a while, it wasn't just regular old black people getting shot. These were like public officials. These were like real important people who were getting popped off. And we were protesting and we were fighting and we were doing all this. And like, like I say... To a degree, the fear was healthy because it made people come up out of their comfort zone and say, oh, snap. Right. Something needs to be done. But there's also a demographic of people like, yo, like older people or certain people like, yo, we got to watch out. Like, we're doing too much. These cats are watching us. Mm-hmm. And they probably telling their shit now. But, yeah, I really do feel like that fear was being used as a form of control. And those shootings were, I, were situations I think- that were being broadcasted, not just the bring an uproar right. amongst the black community but also keep us in the state like like look get back in line right I think fear when you're trying to use, when you're trying to scare somebody you're trying to control them period mm-hmm. so I do think fear can be used almost as a weapon 
Right. Yeah, I do agree with that. Because those situations weren't like, oh my God, this is a bee. I have a phobia. I'm afraid of this bee that's directly in front. Those weren't direct threats. Right. That was the long-term anxiety fear. Because we were dwelling on it. It wasn't immediate threat, fight or flight, let me get through this, now it's over when I'm calm. Right. These were situations that we'd be constantly being bombarded with that was going to create a long-term fear that leads to the, the, the other subcategories that we explained. Right. Anger, depression, hostility, frustration, anxiety. Right, right, right. So it was different. Oh, it's funny. So it's almost like black people were swimming in the water with sharks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. why, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't like... We were out on the land and the sharks from the water and we was worried about sharks. No, bitch, we in the ocean, in the ocean with, the, with sharks. the sharks. So now we're freaking out on a regular basis because right. we worried about this shit. We constantly worrying about this shark hungry and it's going to get us. Right. Instead of thinking like, oh, man, them sharks out here. I know they out there. I'm aware it's like that. Right. But because we put a lot of energy into that, to, to the black lives. Think about it. We put a lot of energy and the energy wasn't, it may, it may have been some love in there, mm-hmm. but it was mostly out of anger. A lot of energy into Black Lives Matters. Matter. Okay. That movement. You know, ooh, that's real political. I'm trying not to get too political. Yeah. But I'll mean, say this about Black Lives Matter. It started out as something that it didn't end up as. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's now different people are in control of it. Yes. It, it, it's yes. just, it's a different The movement thing. has changed. It's, it's not it even the same movement changed. anymore. Yeah. It's completely changed. Yeah. But back to my initial thing, yeah, it, those all those situations to me were isolated situations that helped create fear to keep people like, come on, man. Yeah. You, think, you always you think about your money. They telling you that retirement is not going to be around. How you going to survive when you get old? Health. Health care. All these different things. Mm-hmm. And we may not put a lot of energy into your day-to-day process, but long-term, it's going to pop up in your head a couple oh, times. Yeah. You're going to have to deal with it. And They know how to brain work. Exactly, They've been man. studying this for exactly, a long time. Exactly, man. Right. And I'm not saying white people. I'm saying the powers the that powers be. be. Whoever yeah. they are. Whoever they are. Yeah. Shit, they could be Arabic, Indian. They could be whatever shit. They might be aliens. We don't know, but whatever the powers that be are. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fear mechanism because I'm watching these young people. Like, I'm watching them thrive, man. I love millennials. Millennials were thriving. They weren't scared of shit. Mm-hmm. They were actually embracing everything. Mm-hmm. They're embracing, they're like... Homosexuality, the LGBT movement, women, injustices. Like, don't get me wrong, there's always an ignorance side of a, of of a certain group, of every group. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I look at most millennials, their minds and the way they think were so, they're so far past mm-hmm. the way we think. Plus, they have access to information that we didn't have access to. So, I think millennials are just young. I don't, I don't know. That's a whole other conversation, too. But I think people are going to grow into different people. I think that happens often. Yeah, but I think still the core of who they were, like, imagine life not having to stress due to fear about a situation. Like they say, like they say, short-term fear is fine. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to have that. That's your self-defense mechanism for everyday experiences. It's fine when you're using it as a self-defense mechanism, mm-hmm. but when it becomes a long-term impairment, like he said, and it starts um, messing with your ability to function on your a daily, daily basis, mm-hmm. then that's when fear is a problem. Right, 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 right. So that stuck with me. Man, when I don't smoke, I can retain so much information. I know. You better stop smoking. 
don't know. We can figure uh-huh. it out. But, um, <laughs> but with fear, are there any things, like what can you do, what steps can you take to get through your fear? Um, so from what we learned, the best the one of the, the best pieces of information that they gave were to eventually embrace whatever it is that you have fear of. Right. And not just embrace it one time in one big gulp, like just take one big shot at it. Like go bunch uh, jump. Yeah. He was like, remember you said you gotta do it in increments yeah. and gradually build up and remove it by exposing yourself to it over and over again. Yeah, the therapist, I, I like how he was saying, uh, okay, you scared of your ex-girlfriend. Okay, before we, like, just bring her in the room, we're going to show, how about start off with a picture? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, kind of baby steps into, you know, working through your fear. Working through your fear. Yeah, I thought that was a really good thing. And he said he had a fear of urinals. That was interesting. Yeah, So that was, that was crazy. That was a big deal. because somebody pissed on him. Right, <laughs> that was traumatic. <laughs> He just didn't do urinals. He was good. Yeah. He was good. So you kind of had to, like, take baby steps to kind of work his way back to using urinals. So I guess... I guess some people would say... Because you know how people say, just go all in. Oh, you scared of... Roller coasters? Just get on the biggest yeah. roller coaster. No, my so that's the wrong way to small, do it. No, go find a very small roller right. coaster at a, at a park fair. Yeah, go to the fair go first. Go to the fair, start with that little bitty small ass right. roller coaster and work your way up to motherfucking Six Flags. Exactly. Right. Then go do the Goliath. Right. Flags. Don't start off with the Goliath dog right. jump, man. If you're scared that's of like heights, don't do bungee jumps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, right, right. Exactly. Just start off on a, on a, on a four-story building looking outside the window and then work your way up right. the floor. And just and the virtual reality thing is really good, too. Yo, that was hilarious. That was a great That was yeah, a great example. That is a great example. Because you have that experience, yeah, don't that you? Shit, that shit scared the hell out of yeah. me, man. I didn't think about it, but like exposing somebody to virtual reality to help them get through their fears was another method they used through the gradual process. And at first, I, wanted, I was ready to call bullshit on that. I was like, man, this is not, nah, they for the shit. That's not gonna work. Now I thought about it. I was like, "Yo, son, yeah, you put on one headset one time, and you was pissing like a baby. You screaming like a little bitch, right? Because you was looking at a virtual reality sky on the ledge, and then I was like, I couldn't handle it. That's interesting. I couldn't handle it. Really, because your brain still." You know, process like it was like a real life, life real scenario. Okay, yeah. so, and it was another one. There was there's the Microsoft store and um, Perimeter Mall is probably one in Linux also. I don't go to Linux enough. And um, they had the Oculus Rift inside the store. I mean, outside the store connected to a TV so you can try the virtual reality headset. And on the TV, it showed whatever the person was seeing inside the headset. So when I saw this one little set on the TV, it was... Um, uh, a hallway, a long hallway in like a museum. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, a giant T-Rex came uh-huh. around the hallway. And then eventually it was like right in front of your face in the, in the thing. And how did and, they react? No, when I saw it, yeah. on the, when I saw it, see, I was like, that's not that bad. It's cool. It's cool. I put the headset on, went through a couple. I was like, okay, this is getting real. Right. And then I saw this and I knew what it was. And I was like, ah, not click, boom. <laughs> Because your mind was like, well, my mom was like, Yo, that's this a real T Rex. Yeah, that's a real T Rex. Right. It's about to be in my face. I know I you think this fake, but up here we think it's real. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and prepare. So, right. I, the VR situation, I was there for, like I said, I wanted to call bullshit. And then I thought about my experiences with VR, and it was like, hmm. So, should wipe? Not, okay. So, should people who's scared of a certain people 
I'm gonna stop that. <laughs> the people who scam with certain people, they should like work their way up. <laughs> they should work their way up. You know up. what? They should, like do some virtual reality. I know reality. you're saying this and you're being serious and we laughing, but maybe not in virtual reality. But you know what? That might not be a bad idea. Expose yourself to. Small doses yeah. of all the cultures. First, start with a picture. You start with a picture. Start with a TV show. And then start with a friend. And then as time progresses, then go put yourself in to get all the projects and get, right. get the full exposure. I'm beyond bullshit because I'm a black man and I, I be scared. I'm about to say, <laughs> I only recommend going but over there. Regardless, yeah, that probably because I mean, that's, almost, that's just the fear of the unknown. Right. And once you get to know it, you like, fear well, what you don't understand. What you don't understand. Most people do feel what they understand instead of trying to figure it out. But once you expose yourself to it enough times, you get around it and be like, okay, this ain't that bad. I actually rocks with this. Because that's how I, I mean, I already told you my phobia in the beginning. I was, I had, I was a slight homophobe mm-hmm. back in the day. And um, five years of working at where I work at in a predominantly, um, Homosexually employed establishment. Because mm-hmm. I don't go into detail where I work and all that. Right, exactly, exactly. But in predominant establishment where it was the vast, like 60% or 55% of the individuals were homosexual, if I, I got the gradual exposure mm-hmm. and I slowly moved out of it. And now, like, man, I embrace that culture, mm-hmm. not just men, mm-hmm. but the women, the bisexual, every aspect of it, right. transsexuality, and it makes me want to understand and get to know them better and do my own. Like I said, I did my study on them mm-hmm. to kind of understand them, but I think that helped me get over my phobia of homosexuality, but not only do that, but make me become more solid and comfort comfortable in my own sexuality. Right. You grew. I grew from that because mm-hmm. I embraced that fear and that phobia. Gradually, because so. you had to say to yourself, "Wait a minute, I'm straight, so why am I? Is that what? Why am I? Yeah. Um, it wasn't even just that I'm straight. It was more of I understood them, right? So now it's like, wow. What I disliked as individual, especially when I know that the mentality that I had, or I'm sorry, the perspective that I had of that demographic of individuals was not true. You know, like I said, I won't get too deep, but like I said earlier, every man, every homosexual man, is not trying to turn. Every other man is a homosexual. Like, that's not the case. That was just a stereotype that had been embedded in my brain and created Mm -hmm. that fear and that phobia that if I'm around a gay man, he's going to try to make me gay, and that's not it. And it's probably also the fear of unknown because at the end of the day, some some of those men might have slight thoughts that they're not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Never thought about that, Mm -hmm. that they're not comfortable and they're not sure about themselves. Right, right. So somebody's presenting this to them Mm -hmm. or testing them on that, and now they're getting, they're not really mad at you, but more more in fear. The fear leads to aggression, hostility, anger, Mm -hmm. that whole thing. Phobia. Yeah, it it helped me, man. It really, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Also, like, identifying the gradual part where... For me, I had my phobia heights living in New Orleans. I always crossed the suspension bridge going in and out of New Orleans and just driving through the city. And when I lived there, it was perfectly fine. The minute I moved and was gone for more than four years and I came back, oh, my God. Like, just the That's thought, interesting. Just the thought of going over those bridges, just, I'm done. Right. Game over. So... The constant exposure, man, that makes perfect sense. I feel like if there's anything that you are afraid of or, you know, just even in my, like, recent life, worried about 
debt or bills and all this and the fear of not knowing how it's going to be resolved right. will create anxiety. I don't know why we didn't already know that about fear, how to get through it with baby steps, because that's kind of how you do anything new, if you think about it, because you kind of fear it. Because we're doing this shit off a of default. Right. Because even with working out, you, know, you fear working out. You don't start working out by, like, running five miles and being in the gym for hours. You start by doing, you know, little stuff. Even with cooking, if you, learn, you start with little stuff. So right. I feel like we should already know that. But let's be real. Most of us don't do the introspective shit that's needed that needs to be done in order for us to identify these things. Right. The fear leaves us in a state of paralysis right. where you don't even want to deal with that stuff because it's overwhelming you. It starts, it messes not only with your brain, but it starts affecting your physical state. Yeah. Muscles tighten. The muscles tighten and everything else. So a big part of it is just the overall idea of having to even deal with that. Right. And, and the state of paralysis that it leaves us in when dealing with these different subjects like I said, from my experiences, bro, just even from the stuff we've been learning and the stuff we've been going over, the way I look at it, it's only a handful of people who sit and take time out of the day to do some deep introspective thinking. That's Most people don't true. want to deal with their own issues for their fear of, like, disappointment of themselves. Right, yeah. Or disappointment from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this now, disappointment is healthy. Disappointment is a part of everyday life. Oh, yeah. It's not about the actual experience and being disappointed. It's about how do you handle the disappointment? Because everybody is going to do something at some point in time to disappoint you. It's going to be on different scales. You disappoint yourself. Yeah, you'll disappoint yourself. So right. Yeah, I think that's why we don't we we don't look at these things because we don't really look at ourselves. That was my light bulb moment. It fear getting over fear by doing baby steps is baby my steps. light bulb moment. Yeah, yeah. I, my light bulb moment was looking at how. Um, how fear is connected to the other things. Fear is not directly the cause of anxiety. It's not fear itself. It's the long-term effect of fear if you allow, if you don't ever embrace that situation and resolve it. Short-term is healthy because it helps you get out of tight situations where thinking is not required. Because if you stop to think about why this car is going to hit me, it's going to be too late. That car doesn't hit you. Yeah. You need to go, why are you like, yo, thinking about why this tiger is going to pounce on me? He gonna pounce. He gonna pounce on you by the time. <laughs> like, no, just get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. That's cool. Like, somebody has a gun. Is he gonna shoot it? Isn't he gonna shoot it? No, no just let me. I ain't got time to process right. that. Let me just get the hell out of Dodge. But also, it made sense of. Uh, it made sense why, like, in the argument, the fear of the argument already has you in a, in a tense, tight situation, and since. Um, certain chemicals, endorphins and chemicals are released regardless. Like, it's not always processing and sorting out these situations. Mm-hmm. It's not always taking the high road, because like they said, fear, there's two roads you can take. The low road, which is the quick exit, instant reaction, mm-hmm. or the high road where you take some time and actually process the situation and try to make sense of it and help your brain identify, do you need to do the fight or flight, or is this something that will pass? Right. But um, when, you get in, when you get in an argument and you get upset and the anger and everything kicks in, it's the same endorphins that are released during the fight or flight mode from fear that shut down your brain and your ability to process information. Right. So that's why when you get too overwhelmed in your argument, you find yourself completely at a loss of thought because those right. endorphins have been released. Yeah. And I heard this somewhere a long time ago. I just didn't know exactly how it worked scientifically. But now after watching this, like, this makes so much more yeah, sense. Yeah, it made a lot of sense. I, I, like, I really enjoyed this topic. Like, this is, even though, because, even though we just 
did 45 minutes to an hour cram on fear. I've been looking at this for like weeks to a month now because I've been trying to deal with my own fears and my own phobias. And I dealt with some shit over the past couple of months that I was fearing. And when I finally took my baby steps to gradually embrace each one of these phobias or each one of these fears, I'm not going to call them phobia, but they were just fears that I had. When I was done with each one, I felt a sense of relief mm-hmm. and growth afterwards. Like, yo, it's not that bad. I can actually, like, I learned from it. Right. And for me, everything that I do from this point on in my life is a learning experience that I'm going to grow from, whether it be a good relationship, bad relationship, good job, bad job, whatever. I'm not, I'm trying not to dwell on the negative aspect of why that shit occurred. I want to be able to learn and grow from it and become a better person from that experience. And that's, that goes back to from the meditation and the reflecting and doing the introspective work and everything else we've been looking at for the keys to success and becoming a better person. Right, exactly. And I also think fear is uh, part of procrastination, which would be another topic that we'll discuss. Right, procrastination yeah. would be another episode. But fear is definitely, for me, in my opinion, one of the key triggers to procrastination. Because you put it off. Because actually, they said that you you put stuff off and you avoid it because you don't want to deal with it because of right. fear. And it creates anxiety. Man, I'm gonna leave it with this. I'm, I'm look. I'm gonna find this real quick because this was the biggest. This was like one of, and it ain't gonna take me that long. I ain't got an internet. It's just a song. This was like one of the biggest, the greatest quotes. Man, I didn't understand it when I first heard it in the song. I just thought it was like some some stuff she was spewing at the beginning of the song to kind of make us get into it, but it should kind of like lead into the, it was like an interlude leading into the next song when she said this um, it made so much more sense to me this is it Yo, y'all be good. I appreciate y'all checking in. This is Asenia, a.k.a. ICF Baby, a.k.a. Asenia17. And I'm Deshaun. Man, you so simple. You so simple. Check us out at uh, Lightbulb Moment on Instagram, Lightbulb Moment on Facebook. We appreciate any insight. The link to the uh, podcast for YouTube is on the Instagram page, man. Please check us out. And subscribe. And share. Subscribe and share, man. We appreciate the love, man. Be good. One.